Hey, this is Adam Starling. I'm the senior pastor at Victory Family Church. Thank you so much for joining us today. I pray this message will inspire you, encourage you, and hopefully challenge you to become everything that God has called you to be. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning. How are we? We good? Good. Glad you guys are here uh, today. Hey, if you're a guest with us, thanks for being here, man. We're super excited you're in this place. If you don't know me, my name is Matt. I'm the lead pastor here and, and really love to meet you after the service, but excited that you are here. How's your weekend been? Good? I hope it's been a good weekend, man. My, I judge my weekend a lot of times by uh, a couple things. So one, our weekend was incredible thus far. Uh, yesterday, we left our house early and we went to Edmond to play a soccer game. Uh, we had to rush back to Newcastle to play a basketball game. We went back to Edmond to play another soccer game. And my wife's going to leave at 1230. Like as soon as she comes off the stage, she's going to run out of here and get to another soccer game. Uh, and so, man, it's been a good weekend um, for us. Man, man, it's been, man, there's some real momentum. The last few weeks, let me just tell you this, last week, uh, we were 91% back prior to us uh, separate, uh, going away for a while. Incredible, incredible. And, and so, man, we are, uh, God is doing some incredible things. I believe that we come back, we are, we are more awake to the Spirit of God than I think we've ever been uh, before. And so I, I'm excited about that. And so I would say this, I don't know if you know this, but you ever feel like maybe things aren't always what they seem? So maybe you perceive something in such a way, but it's actually not like that at all. So I don't know, maybe you grabbed that salt instead of the sugar one time. Like it's not always what it seems, right? Everybody has some cumin toast before, like that was cinnamon, right? And so it's not always what it seems. And I think when we're talking about the things of God, that happens all the time. Because you and I, we see with human eyes. Man, we see things that maybe aren't valuable, but God brings value in those things. And so as you probably know, we're in week two of a series on Elisha. And we have, man, just diving right in. And, and Elisha's gonna show us today, things are not always what they seem. Man, God can do a lot with just a little. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Kings uh, chapter four. And we'll pick up at verse one and we'll read through uh, seven. The text reads this way. Now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know your servant feared the Lord. But the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. And Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me what you have in your house. And she said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty the vessels and not too few. Don't just get one or two, get a lot of these things. Then go in and shut the door behind you and your sons pour into these vessels. And what, when one is full, set it aside. So she went from him and she shut the door behind herself and her sons. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring, bring me another one, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there's not, there's not another. It was at that point, the oil stopped flowing. She came and told the man of God and said, go sell the oil and pay your debts and you and your sons can live on the rest. So here's a widow who is truly running on empty. And she had run out of a lot of things. You ever felt like that? Like you ever feel like, I'm just out, Lord. Like I just don't have anything else. Like when I look in the cupboard of my life, so to speak, like there's just nothing left. Like I've given, I've given, I've given, and there's nothing left. I know for some people this last year felt like that. You just felt like, man, I just don't have anything else, man. I've done all these things and I don't, maybe I lost a job. Like I just don't have anything 
else. Well, this woman, man, she was out. She was out. She had run out. She had run out of marriage. Her husband had died. And she was not only a widow, but it appears she's probably a young widow because the Bible says that she had young children. And so there's no doubt. It feels like the world had kind of dealt her kind of a cruel blow. She ran out of money. She no longer had the means to support herself or her kiddos. Now her husband was gone and she had to pay. So he owed money when he died. So now she has to pay those creditors. She had run out of cash, but now she may also lose her children. She was facing the loss of her two precious boys. I can't imagine her greatest fear wasn't losing my children. The creditors would take her dependent children and to work probably for a fellow Israelite to pay back that debt. Maybe she would get them back. Maybe she wouldn't. This was actually a common practice. And I'm certain this had to be her greatest fear. Without the oil that she sold, without the oil, her sons would have been slaves to pay the debt. This woman is faced with losing her sons, so she calls on the prophet in desperation. So I think this is huge. Actually, I think already this is big. When she realized she needs help, she cries out to someone who can actually help her. So I think this is twofold here. So on one hand, I think sometimes us, man, I, I can speak personally from this. I think sometimes pride will, will halt us from reaching out to someone who can actually help us. Or sometimes maybe we reach out to people who are not willing or even able to help us. Like we reach out in, in a direction where there's actually no help. But she here reaches out to someone who is both willing and able to help. You understand it does no good. No matter what you're struggling with, no matter how empty you are, it does you no good to reach out to someone who's not willing to help. And it's, it doesn't help you to reach out to someone who's not able to help. So I talked about this a little bit Wednesday night at, at Thrive. So let me say it to you like this. So today, it's 10 o'clock. You're, you're the best, right? 10 o'clock service right here. I'm willing to give every one of you $1,000 today. I'm willing to do that, but I'm not able. Like I don't roll like that. Like I don't have that kind of money right? But I'm willing. I love you dearly. I would love for you to walk out of here blessed. Like I want, I'm willing, like I'm all in. I'm willing to do that, but I'm not able to do that. Now, I don't know if you guys were at the high school basketball game last night. Let me tell you like this. So those refs at the game, they were able to call a good game of basketball. They just weren't willing. They just weren't willing to do it. So she finds someone though, who's willing and able. She goes to Elisha. So if you don't remember, don't understand, so again, the prophet of God, prior to Jesus, they are somewhat the mouthpiece for God to the people. So God spoke through the prophets to the people is what's going on here. And so she asks, and he says immediately, what do you got in your house? Like, what do you have in your house? And she says, I have nothing except a little bit of oil. You probably can relate, but it's easy to focus on what you don't have instead of what God has already given you. Because even her focus, her first thought was what she lacked, what she didn't have. She said, I got nothing except, except a little bit of oil, but that's it. But that was enough. That was enough. She had all that she needed. You know, the beauty of following Jesus is oftentimes he wants to use what he's already given you. Like oftentimes we possess what we already need to accomplish whatever that task in, in front of us is. Our first thought though often is I got nothing. Well, think harder, think harder, think longer about that. I got nothing except, I got a little faith. That, that's probably enough. 
I got nothing except all I have is a little bit of passion for homeless people. Well, maybe that's enough. Maybe that's enough for God to accomplish what he wants to through you. I got nothing except a desire to help the foster care system. I got nothing except that relationship with that unbeliever. Like that's all, that's all I have. I, I got nothing except this, this one opportunity. I got nothing except time. I don't get any money, I don't got no skills, but I got time except time. I got nothing but a smile. I've got something except that God has given us. About two years, I guess two and a half really now, years ago, man, we got this building. Let me tell you what we got. We got 5,900 square feet. If you've been down the kid's hallway, but that's, that's it. You just look down. There it is. There's our church right here is where we are, what we have. And, and, and literally we had a group of people who said, man, we're willing to go. We are, we are all in. I'll be honest. There were times. So I lived, I live in Blanchard area. It's really almost Newcastle. But so I, my boys have always went to school here. Uh, but for the longest time before we uh, had this building, we officed in Norman. And so I would drive through as if I'm like the general contractor. I'd come in here every day and watch these dudes work. There were times I thought, oh Lord, what are we doing? What have we done? Like literally, I really thought, oh gosh, like we've made an incredible mistake. Let me show you a couple of pictures of this if you don't know. So that, that's our kid's entrance, actually. That, that is on that end of the building where before there was concrete there. This was fun, actually. I don't know if you can tell this. This was a portion of the building, uh, these studs that are going up here, that was on, that was kind of an addition. That was fun to watch. They kind of sawzawed down the roof and they hooked onto it with a truck and just pulled that thing off. It was really cool before they put our entrance on there. Look at this next picture. Uh, this is one of those days I thought, oh Lord Jesus, what have we done? That's the kids' wing. That's the kids' area. That's where your kids are being ministered to right now, right there in the midst of that. Sometimes the leaders feel like that. That's what it feels like. <sighs> Women, that's your bathroom. That is your bathroom, ladies. That is your bathroom on the women's side. But I have a, a buddy of mine, one of my best friends actually plumbed this place. And he said, you sure, man? You sure you know what you're doing here? I'm like, no, I have no idea, actually. But I think, I think God's called us to do this. And so see the next one. It's so interesting. I had heard years and years and years ago, that's the entire kids' side. So obviously the hallway got bigger and the classrooms changed a little bit. But you see dirt down here because, man, I'd I think, and I heard people tell me this, I think you know, tons of years ago, there, this is two separate buildings. Uh, once you get, if you got in the attic, you can tell there's an exterior wall that goes that direction. So I think this side actually was a sanctuary at one time because there was a perfect 13 inch drop. It was lower here and went up the hill the entire way to the end down there. So we wanted the floor to be level. And so we ripped foundation out. I mean, we legit uh, went down to exterior brick walls. I mean, uh, we took all electricity out, plumbing, everything. Look at the next picture. This is, this is where we're at right now. This, this is in this room. And, and by this time, like I knew we had people. I knew we had people that said they want to be a part of what God is doing. I felt a little deep. We went into this construction that we did, but God just kept moving. And we had people, people like I just talked about, the groups of people who came, they wrote scriptures on the studs throughout the building and on the, the brick that's behind some of these sheetrock walls. And you see, man, people believed in what God could do with something very small, what he, uh, what he could do and what he does. We believe in a God who is able, who's willing and who is able. And I met this guy. You guys probably don't know him. Uh, this is a guy, we, I got a phone call. Sitting in my office and uh, really got a phone call from our, I guess our admin over there just said, there's a, there's a lady on the phone who wants to talk to someone who's uh, in charge of the building over there. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so I talked to this lady and she I mean, she just honestly kind of felt like a, I don't know, like I'm getting interrogated. Like, what are you doing over there? Like, what's going on? Like, what are y'all doing in that building? And sometimes I'm trying to be, I have no idea. She tells me her name, no idea who she is. She said, I don't go to your church. I'm just curious. I drive by all the time and I'm just curious what's going on. And she said, uh, me and my husband, if we could, uh, we would love to, to take you guys to lunch or something. 
you and your wife. And I said, okay, I'm here for it. And so I said, let's do it. So I thought to myself, I knew she told me she lived on Highway 9, that direction though. And we officed in Norman at the time. And I thought, probably just go get coffee or something. Norman, it'd be easy. So a couple weeks go by and she reaches out and I said, where, where do you guys want to, where do you guys want to meet? Do you want to meet in, in Norman? And she said, Let, let's, let's, let's go to Newcastle. And I thought, oh, like it's two o'clock. I'm like, I don't know where to go. There's nowhere to go in Newcastle. And I said, uh, I said, okay, you got something in mind? And she says, how's the taco mile there? And I said, this is taco mile. I'll be like, I'm here. let's go, let's do it. And so we met at the taco mile and literally sat down with these people. And they, we just began talking about, uh, they were believers. They loved the Lord and, and really they had had some health issues. So they weren't actually actively involved in a church at the time, but they certainly followed Jesus, man. And they were excited and they asked all these questions. And they said, man, we'd love to see the building. I said, well, let's go. It's a little dangerous down there, but let's roll, man. And so we drove back down here and I, I walked them through that. And at the end, they wrote us a check for $15,000. Like, I, I, we don't know these people. Like, this people that like God like, took very little and made very much of people that don't even know us or what God is doing in us. So I could not imagine, I, cannot ima- I could not have ever imagined that God would do all that he's done in really about two short years. And so two years later, uh, listen, we, we have been for a long time, but we are 100% self-sufficient in our campus and we're building a building next door. And so God has done incredible things. I'm telling you, it would have been really easy to say, God, we can't do it. The building is too small. We, can't, we just don't have enough space. But do, God took what we had and he did this. He did this. And so, like I said, last week was our, was our biggest crew back. I mean, to think that after a couple of years, we have almost 700 people in worship, like it's unbelievable. And really we had about 100 and, uh, I think I looked last time, about 180 people that said, we're in, we're in. Well, the truth is, and it's probably me. I probably ran them off. There's only about 90 of those that are left. And so that is what it is. It is what it is. And so, uh, man, the people of God were preparing you who didn't even know us to be in this place. It's amazing to see what God, what God could do. So he says, what, what do you do? So, so God did this. So maybe you sit there today in your own life and you say, God, what should I do? Like, what are you doing in me? Why am I here? Show me some kind of sign. And God, I believe, is saying, what do you have? Like, what do you already have? Because give me, give me what you already have because that's all you need. Everything most often for, for God to do the miraculous in your life, you probably already possess. You probably already have that. The answer to her own house is inside her own house to what God wants to do. You remember 2 Kings here in 4.3, he said, then he said, go outside, borrow vessels, from all your neighbors, empty ones. Don't get a few, get a lot of them. Elisha asks her, what does she need? And immediately, after she tells her, immediately he tells her to do something that she needed to put her faith into action. If you know your Bible at all, you'll know that throughout scripture, almost always, almost always precedes the miraculous as acts of, of obedience. That almost always, you see the miraculous after your faith has been put in action. You think about the walls of Jericho, they had to walk. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but they had to walk. Like they had to do something for that to take place. Jesus feeding the 5,000. You understand Jesus could have snapped his fingers and they would have had food. It's, it's not like he couldn't do that, but, but he has them break the bread. Disciples gather, find that little kid, gather him up, right? Do something in this. Gideon had to take his army from, from thousands to hundreds. And then they won the war by blowing trumpets and lighting torches. Do something. Moses had to lead. I don't care if he can't talk, do something. Lead the people, lead, lead, do something. Noah, 
Long before that God could literally save humanity through him, he had to build something. He had to do something. David had to fight. He had to do something. You remember when Jesus tells the man with leprosy, wash yourself seven times in the Jordan? Doesn't make sense to me at all. God wants to see your faith in action. He wants to see you actually do something. Even, even right before this text, you should go back and read this story. Right before this, Elisha had told the Israelites who were in a drought, a drastic drought. If they wanted it to rain, they needed to dig ditches. Why? Because faith without works is dead. Don't tell me you need it to rain unless you're willing to dig some ditches. It seems oftentimes God wants to see your faith in action. God wants to see my faith in action. I just don't think I can stand up and preach a gospel that I'm not willing to live out. And therefore, I don't think you can believe, actually believe a gospel that you're not actually willing to live out. So when Elisha told this woman to get more jars, it seems God's saying, listen, I will bless based upon the capacity that's made available to me. When we say, God, do something great in me, God says, give me a vessel. Give me a vessel. And I just think, man, if we, if we bring God a, a pint-sized portion of our lives, why would you expect a truckload full of miracles? If we only give a pint-sized portion of our lives, why would you ever expect a, a jumbo truck full of the miraculous things in your life? The oil wasn't the problem. The more jars she had, the more oil she would have got. I think maybe like would have kept getting more jars, like it would have continued over and over. The more available we are to God, the greater he, the opportunity he has to do things through us. Give him a little I think he'll fill a little. Give him everything, and I believe he will fill everything. She just kept saying, give me another vessel. Son, get me another vessel. Give me another jar. I just think with every drop she filled it, she saw freedom. She saw some real security. Every drop the oil came out, like she saw some real freedom. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life, he brings freedom. He brings security, hope, purpose, and a purpose that you've never dreamed of. Listen, God is, is not the problem. The problems are available vessels. That's the problem. God wants to move. And why God chose us, I don't know. I can't figure it out that 2,000 years ago, he assembled something that looked a bit like the church. That's his plan for humanity. So the problem would be the lack of vessels that his word may go forth. The oil stops when there's no place to put it. Let me say it like this. So if you went to our coffee shop after church and you asked for a cup of coffee and if they just poured it into your hand, like you'd be mad, right? Come on, man, I need a cup, right? Well, you didn't ask for a cup actually. You asked for coffee is what you asked for. Listen, you don't care what kind of cup it is. You don't care at all. You don't care what it's made out of. You just need something to hold your coffee, right? I don't care if it's the greatest coffee in the world. If there's no cup, you cannot use that coffee. You know, the reality is I think the math is eight cents. I think that's what we give you every week. Eight cents, I think, is what that cup costs. There's no real value in the cup. The cup's not the value. It's the substance in the cup that brings value to the cup. It's an eight-cent cup, but it's unbelievably important. There's, there's little value in those jars. I don't know what, the mason jars? I don't know what she had. I don't know what kind of jars she had, but there were little value. And the value was the oil. She didn't sell jars. She sold oil. We are the cups. We bring no value by ourselves but the Holy Spirit living in us, he brings value to us. The Holy Spirit brings the miraculous. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and change you. God will use you. He'll bless you. You simply have to be a vessel. Amen. 
The Mona Lisa. Uh, this may strike you as, a, as an interesting, uh, I'm not really an art buff. I don't know if that confused you or not, but I, I don't really get into art. Can I say this? I, I don't think it's very good. <laughs> like, I just don't. Like, I look at, I'm not saying I can do better. I'm just saying, that's not hanging in my house. Like, I, if you have it in your house, that's fine. I'm just saying, I don't think it's a good painting. Like, I really don't. I've seen better paintings, I think, from some of these high school kids over here. Like, I, I don't think it's that good. It, the goodness of the painting is not what ascribes value. It's the create, it's Leonardo. Like, that's what brings the value to this painting. We are not valued because we are good. We are valuable because our creator lives inside of us. I want to remind us constantly, as long as the Lord allows me to preach to you, God looked down and never saw someone, you're awesome, I'll save you. Never. That's not how it works. He looks at and sees you and says, I'm awesome and I'm going to save you. That's the gospel, how good our God is. And we're separated from him. And he looked down and he saved us because he's good. We are, we are, we are sinful, broken, and lost. In fact, the Bible says that our righteousness compared to his is filthy rags. On your best day, like the, the, the home run hitting day, like you're reading your Bible 12 hours a day, like you're killing it. On that day without Jesus, it's filthy rags. It's filthy rags without him, but with the Holy Spirit. Man, we become overcomers. We become warriors for the faith, righteous sons and daughters of the Most High King, and we're full of purpose, driven to serve Jesus. He wants the people of our community and communities that are around us to experience him. I believe he wants to meet the needs of the people in our community. He wants lives to be changed. God sent a son that nobody would perish. He longs for people to come under him. That's the goal. He's the substance. Listen to me. Feel this weight. You're the carrier. You're the carrier. You're not the substance. I'm not the substance, but you're, you're imparted to. You're, you're called to. You're responsible to carry that substance to the world. I love the fact that we are a growing church. And I don't mean that arrogantly. I, I just love it. I love that we're growing and we're growing weekly. And, and now two years now we've grown every, uh, the whole time. Let me tell you why I love it so much. There's more vessels. Like there's more vessels. There's more opportunity to share what's in the cup. And so what do you believe in God for? I want to see incredible things happen in this community. And I, I feel like God has given me vision in the last few weeks that I haven't had in, in probably six months or a year. I just want to see God do the miraculous in our city. I want to see a community who comes to know Jesus. I literally, this may sound crazy. I want to meet every single need in our community every single one of them. That's my goal. I got a call just the other day from a social worker friend of mine who just talked about there was a special needs kiddo in, the, in our community. The dad had come into the kid from a, from a divorce, but kind of got custody back. And truth was, just wasn't kind of ready. Wasn't, wasn't, wasn't equipped for this. And I don't remember uh, what, what the uh, special need was from this kiddo. It's, it's something I can't pronounce and I would butcher if I said it. But her situation where this little girl was, was in this room where it just wasn't safe for her. She couldn't, and she actually, DHS didn't come into there. They called them and said, we need help. Like, we're not equipped for this. We don't know what to do. And so it has this list of things that they come in and say that probably ought to happen to keep this little girl safe in your place. And so this condition where this little girl has it, she, needs, she wants to be with her daddy all the time. And so dad's got to take a shower. He's got other things to do. And so how do we keep her safe when dad's in the shower or whatever he's doing? How do we do this? And so, but she also wants to have contact with people. So you can't just shut the door and lock her in the room because she wants to see people and have contact with people. And so she talked about, man, if we get like a Dutch door, man, we could have, uh, where it's locked on the bottom, we keep her safe, but she can see everybody and, and be part of what's going on for, for small segments of time. 
And the toys she has, and they're, they're, they're kind of just kid toys, but they're not real safe for her. There's these different toys that she would need. And I, I just told her, I said, Man, can you get me like an Amazon list? I don't know if I can do this, but like just, just put this together so I can see what we're talking about. And so I, I don't know, the door was about $300 and, and the list of stuff on Amazon was probably $450. So we're talking about $750. And I just said, we'll figure it out. We'll just, we'll just take care of it. And so we did, and I say that because the vessels were able to do that. Because of you, you brought what you bring to the table. We're able to do those things. We're able to meet the needs of the people in our community. And I remember she said, they don't go to your church. I don't care. Like, I don't care. Like, I just want to meet the needs of where we're called to be. And this is where God's put us. We're called to be a city on a hill right here in this community. So I don't care if they go here. I just want to meet the needs of God's sons and daughters in our community. I just want to be the guy that social worker calls every single time. And I don't know that I can do it every single time, but I just want to be that guy. I want people to know that's the church they pour it out. They're fill, they don't fill up for no reason. Like they pour it out and they pour back to what God has given them so graciously. I got a call right around Christmas time from a school counselor. Like I know pretty well. And you guys remember at our Christmas time, we do the kind of angel tree, but with the fire department, we kind of partner with them. And we have all these gifts that we buy. And you guys, man, those go, those get gone quick. I think we had 80 or so this year. They were just gone. Like, I mean, the two Sundays, they were gone. Well, she called me and it was like the week before Christmas and just said, they just got left off. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not expecting you to do anything. I know your, your project's already over. I don't know, there's three different families, I think. One of them was a, an employee or a friend of hers that she knew real well. And, and some of these people probably just didn't want to ask, but she knew the situation. And I just said, uh, tell me what it is. Get me ages. We'll figure it out. And she jokingly kind of said, Matt, you know why I called you? Because I knew you'd say yes. Like, I just knew you would say yes, right? Because I want to be that guy. I don't know if we'll always be able to do that. I just want to be the person they call. They always been that place, that church down there. They're going to help. They're going to give back to the needs of our community. And I know, let me listen, it gets tricky, right? So even in the Facebook group, I kind of in the group side, which y'all should be a part of, not just our page, get in the group. We communicate more stuff in that group. But I kind of want to share that story. But, but it gets weird, right? So the last thing I want to do is portray some image that we're heroic. No, no, no. We're just doing what God called us to do. He's the hero in this story. But I want you to know, because you're the one, you're the vessel that's pouring back into the community. So I want you to understand what happens. I want to meet all the needs. I want to meet every one of them. Every one of them in this, this community. Foster care, adoption, addiction, mentoring the fatherless, and on and on. For some of you, you're, you're believing for healing and restoration and some real freedom. What are you willing to give him? Like, what are you willing to give him? You may, have not, you may not have much, but maybe you have the accept. I don't have much, but I've got this accept. I've got this. Here's a little oil. And, and listen to me. I'm be really careful. This ain't the time the phone number pops off the screen behind me. So into this ministry and God's gonna bless it. That's not biblical and it's, it, it's evil to preach that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying God's probably already given you something. Give it back to him. Let him multiply it. Let him multiply it and do exceedingly more than you can ever guess or request or even imagine that he would do. Listen to me. Faith is not a lottery ticket. It's a work order. It's a work order. Will you be a vessel that God will use? Will you be a vessel that God will use? God has, has given you something and maybe it's just your accept. Maybe you sit there today and think, I don't, I don't got anything, Pastor, except this. And you feel like it's not that big a deal. It is. It's probably not by yourself. 
I've got some things, I've got some small talents in my life that wouldn't go very far unless I give them to God. And he'll multiply those things in our lives. If he's given it to you, listen to me, it's got value. The Bible said every good and perfect gift comes from above. So if you possess something, you didn't earn it. You didn't make that. He gave that to you. It has value. And listen to me, never despise what he's given you. Don't be that son or daughter. You parents, you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm saying? Don't be that with our God. I wish I had this. I wish I didn't have this. You get mad at your kids at Christmas when they do that, right? Like you're angry. Like just think about God, man. He's given you something. And for you to want something else, and never despise what the giver has given. Don't, don't ask to trade it in. Don't ask to trade it in. Don't get hung up on a new thing. That God would do a new thing. And listen, listen, I, I believe God does new things. I absolutely believe that. I just think it's become very trendy lately to ask God to do something new in our lives. Listen, unless God has, has asked you to discard what he's given you, just be obedient. Just be faithful for what he's already given you. Obedience is greater than revelation. It's greater. Let's stop, let's stop waiting for something to God to do again and new in our lives. He's already done so much. Take it. Be obedient with what he's already given you. This, this woman didn't say, you know, this oil is kind of old. Right? I mean, you think about it. You've got olive oil. It's probably olive oil. you got olive oil at home. That little in the jar, you can't get it out. You throw it away. Don't do it. Don't throw it away. Whatever you think that you've ran out of your life, don't throw it away. Because God can and will multiply it for the work of his kingdom to be done here on this earth. She didn't ask for a better brand of oil. 2021, man, coconut oil is a thing, right? She didn't ask for coconut oil. She took what she had, what God had already given her. There may not have been very much. I don't know how much was in there. Didn't sound like there was much, but God made a lot. The way that God, for whatever reason, has chosen to meet the needs of our community by using you as co-laborers with Jesus, as the Bible says. So I ask you this, will you use what God has given you and allow him to multiply it? Let's pray. Father God, we love you. God, we thank you that you are the great multiplier not only, God, are you the sustainer, you do sustain the things we have, the things you've given us, but you multiply them, God. You're a, you're a God who knows no subtraction. You multiply, God. And I thank you for that, God. God, help us to be obedient. Help us to be obedient to you. Every corner of our lives to submit every area of our lives. God, what would you do? What would you do, God? What would you do if we, if we brought everything, if we brought that accept to you? God, if we bring that accept tomorrow, does our place of employment look different? Does our friendship circles look different? Does our family look different? God, if I bring to you, I got nothing except this. Does our church look different, God? God, we just want to be obedient to you. We want to be obedient to your word. And just with your head bowed and your eyes closed, let me ask you this. Maybe you would say, I I've been running on empty my entire life. I've never had a sense of a full. Because the truth is, it's only God. It's only Jesus that can fill a void that every single one of us are created with in our lives. 
So maybe you don't know him. You don't know him as a savior. You don't know him as Lord of your life. The Bible says that he came and he died. He died for you, that he may fill you up with his spirit. And you can find real rest. But that rest is only, only for his sons and daughters, but he longs to adopt you. So if you've never said yes to Jesus, but you feel like God's stirring you today and for whatever reason, you say, man, I wanna do this. I don't wanna be filled up. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand. I wanna say a quick prayer for you. I'm not gonna embarrass you in any way. Man, today's my day. I want us as a family to pray this prayer out loud together. Pray this way, Father God, thank you for saving me. Come into my life. Fill me up. Be Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins. From this day forward, I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media and tag at VFC underscore Newcastle. If you haven't already, download the Victory Family Church app to stay connected with everything that's happening throughout the week. Thanks again for listening. Have an awesome week.